0: Title protection for veterinary technicians continues to be an issue. This week, we've got two experts who are going to discuss a recent article that they wrote on why title protection matters. This week on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine and a topic that continues to be tough for the veterinary profession is protecting the title of veterinary technicians. In fact, several states still have no protection around usage of this title, and that's got to change. So this week, we are so happy to be joined by two of our most favorite licensed veterinary technicians in the world. But before we get into introducing them, I'll introduce myself. (laughs) Thank you. The <laughs> cat as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward.
1: And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser.
0: And Becky, today we are so fortunate to be joined once again by Stephen Satal and Liz Houston, two of the most active, I would say, veterinary technicians as far as the politics of the profession are involved. I mean, they continue to spark conversation and controversy. And of course, today we want to talk about a recent article they wrote in VPN Plus called Why Title Protection Matters. Becky, what more can we say about Stephen? and Liz that hasn't been said they're amazing
1: I'm like, can we, do, we must have this uh bit saved somewhere in audio because we've had them both so many times because they're such excellent guests they're so well spoken and they are truly advocates for their profession and you we always have a great conversation when we have them on so we should be in for a treat
0: yeah. And again, guys, they if you're not familiar, we'll put links to their bios and the show notes, but these two are very accomplished, very respected. They are both veterinary technician specialists in two different areas. And again, that just gives them additional perspective on why this whole issue matters. So without further ado, guys, thank you so much for joining us, Stephen and Liz. Thanks for having us.
2: Thank you for having us back. We're happy to be here.
0: Guys, I got to tell you, when I read your article back in February on why title protection matters, I immediately got on my phone and said, Becky, we've got to have them on to talk about it because you really captured, I think, the essence of the problem on why this is an issue and why it matters. So uh, congratulations on an incredibly well-written paper to begin with.
3: Thank you so much. <laughs> thank,
2: thank you. I was going to say it's all down to Stephen. He is the research researcher extraordinaire, and he really... Um, He did such a great job of uh, fleshing it out with all of the links and the background that's important for the issue.
0: Okay, so let's start right there. So what is the issue, Liz? Like, why why are we even talking about title protection? What is that and and why should we be interested in, in how this moves forward at a state level?
2: Well, title protection is really important for every professional, not just credentialed veterinary technicians. It is important for veterinarians. It's important for uh, other healthcare professionals in human healthcare. This is an issue that has arisen everywhere and is coming to a head really in a lot of different states. And the, I think one of the primary problems or, or or things that have really caused this to be an issue uh, is that each state has a different law about title protection. So in some states, the title veterinary technician, veterinary tech, vet tech, uh, or the initials that the state bestows on their credential staff members, CVT, LVT, RVT, LVMT, those are protected by statute. So the state says if you do not have a license issued by the state, whichever, whatever the licensing board is, you are barred from using those titles or designations, those initials. Some states have Absolutely no protections around that. And that's also true. It's true not only in veterinary medicine, but it's true on the human healthcare side. So I think it's up to now 40 or 41 states now have protection for uh, RN or nurse in terms of registered nurses. So if you don't have a registration with the state nursing board, you are not allowed to use the title nurse or registered nurse. And this is important because in a lot of ways, it comes down to a truth in advertising question, right, right. and it comes down to the public being having confidence and being aware of who it is that is providing the care that they are seeking, either for themselves, their family members, or, and/or their pets.: Exactly.
3: I, I wanted to touch on this, this, kind of the premise of this article also. So it's certainly about title protection and protecting what veterinary technician means within these states, especially for those that do have credentialing. But it is it also touches on another part of um, misappropriation of titles as well. So not only right, do we have right. the piece of calling people who maybe don't have credentialed veterinary technicians, but we also have both uncredentialed and credentialed people uh, calling themselves nurse as well, which is also another kind of factor that we have to consider. And it's it's interesting because one of the arguments that we are starting to hear now, especially since Liz mentioned um, a number of states do have title protection for vet tech or, or any of those other kind of terms, is because the laws don't necessarily say, oh, you can't use veterinary nurse, some people are adopting that as it's okay to do just because the law doesn't say you can't, which right. is, which is sticky. <laughs> right. and, and that's not certainly the spirit of the law. I think people forget that. What is the spirit? What is the intent of the law? And, uh, so it, it's being taken advantage of. And I, I think that's another part we really tried to highlight. Um, in this particular article. Interestingly enough, just before we started recording, uh, another friend of ours um, sent us a, an article from Anesthesiology News that was published March 3rd, 3rd of this year, and it's titled, "Titled Misappropriation and Truth in Advertising, Protecting Your Physician Title, because they are having the problem or discussion of nurse practitioners or PAs calling themselves, I'm Dr. So-and-so, giving kind of this false... Um, uh, or wow. a misunderstanding within the human clinic setting, so they're they're also kind of struggling with the same issue, wow. that I, which I thought was interesting.
2: Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, I think that Stephen raises addresses this really interesting point, which is the the lack of consistency in even within the misappropriation, which I think is right, the, right. maybe even the bigger <laughs> issue because there are some places that call everyone on the team a veterinary nurse. Everyone who's not a veterinarian is a veterinary nurse. There are some people who call the credentialed team members veterinary nurse. There are some people who call the credentialed veterinary members the veterinary technician and the assistant's veterinary nurse. So even in the misappropriation in our profession, there is no consistency, which makes it even more difficult to tell who exactly is whom
1: in the veterinary
2: practice. Right.
1: Which I think if we rewind the tapes back and watch them and, and re-listen, that was the warning you guys gave. Yeah a long time ago when we introduced the idea of the title nurse uh, with the veterinary nursing initiative through NAFTA. And the concern, you know, I've I've spoken with especially Stephen about it so many times is it has nothing to do with whether the title is the way to go or not. It has everything to do with it added another iron in an already messy fire. And so we've got titles all over the place I want to I I, I want to say this guys and I, or I guess I want to ask you this because this has always sort of been my frustration with the issue in general title protection comes down to enforcement so like obviously we know that there are states that don't currently have title protection we're working hard in those states I know Minnesota's uh, for example been in a lot of social media recently regarding their uh, initiative to try to get the title technician well credential technician to- protected in their state. So what I know, though, about this whole problem is this comes down to enforceability. And the boards have little enforceability that I understand really other than a cease and desist. And and here in North Carolina, it is a misdemeanor to misappropriate our title. I see it all of the time. And at the end of the day, it comes down to a district attorney enforcing that law. And so I guess I get really frustrated because I feel like even in states where it is protected, we are so limited and I'm just interested in kind of what you guys have to say on that higher level because if it's happening to physicians and it's happening to us and it's supposed to be protected, how do we ever sort this all out?
0: And, and Becky, just a quick follow-up there, when the NAFTA did the title protection uh, white paper, which they you know did an entire, this goes back to 2016, at that time, Becky, there were only five states that had any type of penalty to individuals representing misrepresenting themselves as veterinary technician. Those states were Delaware, Illinois, Indiana, Oklahoma, Tennessee. Are you saying has North Carolina to join that group of five,
1: North Carolina has always been enforceable. In I, I'm I'm not I, I would actually argue the NAFTA statement back then because North Carolina has always been protecting their title. It is considered a misdemeanor to misappropriate the title in the states, and the practice act has never been enforced.
3: Yeah, I I can expand on that and. Going back to the article I mentioned earlier from uh, the human side, um, one thing that they really highlight is, and I'll read it from the paper, it says, that being said, enforcement of the title statutes is highly variable and offenders may be reported to their boards or not. And so they're, again, having the same issue in human medicine. What I I, I think is kind of interesting as well with the, the enforcement is it does seem like there's these waxing and wanings of enforcement. I know right now in Pennsylvania especially, which has one of the biggest abusers in my opinion is University of Pennsylvania that calls all of their staff nurses. Um, I I remember visiting there and looking at a clipboard and it said nurse practitioner on it, not veterinary nurse practitioner, but nurse practitioner. And I was like, oh, do you have human stuff in here? And they're like, oh no, that's for our senior uh, CVTs to go do these appointments. I'm like, what is happening? But, you know, you you come up against a big contender like UPenn, which is the largest employer in the state, there's not going to be a lot of enforcement there because they are the largest employer of the state. But that doesn't, I think, give us license to just abuse other people's titles. You know, we want respect in this field. I think we need to respect other professions and and respect the law in general, because I think we head down the slippery slope of, oh, well, I'm not going to follow this law in the Veterinary Practice Act or within the laws in my state. But maybe that means I can also not follow this one. So I think it's a little right, bit of a slippery right. slope that concerns me uh, as well. 100%.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think that there is an, a question and issue of desire, palatability. Um, the people who are charged with enforcing the Veterinary Practice Act are veterinarians. And so far, very few veterinarians have demonstrated an appetite for protecting the title of credentialed veterinary technicians. And this is what I see as the primary issue. And as long as our profession remains under and and under the authority of veterinarians, I don't think, I don't see anyone increasing their appetite for enforcement of title protection for credentialed veterinary technicians. Because in the long run, it doesn't serve the veterinarian interest. It doesn't serve... The practice owner's interest necessarily, unless there is true education throughout the profession and with the public about quality of care, about who it is that's providing the different services within the practice, um, I don't I don't see this changing anytime soon. Because for most practitioners, including large corporate groups and down to private owners, this is going to impact their bottom line. Because if it is important to them to protect our title, it means that they are going to have to demonstrate that they are committed to that by hiring people with that title and allowing them to do those tasks that are associated with their licensure and Assuring that only those people who can do those tasks according to licensure are doing them. And in most cases, like I said, I just don't see an appetite among the majority of veterinarians to to take on this issue. Yeah, I
3: fully agree, Liz. and you know the other tricky part of this is you have these corporations or these small animal practices that may call their staff nurse, veterinary nurse with or without that qualifier, and that gives technicians or the assistants, a sense of permission um, to continue to use this title in the position at their a hospital now or a future position. Uh, and I mean, we see this on the forums when we kind of have this debate or this discussion is they say, Oh, well, my employer calls me this. And I'm like, well, that's different than it being legally allowed. Like I can call you whatever I want. That doesn't necessarily mean you're supposed <laughs> <Right>. to be <laughs> calling yourself that. And and that's certainly an argument that we're seeing from big uh, corporations um, right now, Like in particular, veg tends to use a lot of the nurse title. And it's, it's interesting because we see this argument coming from them specifically now, specifically from their vice president of nursing operations. And, and before we get into that, there is a difference between the, the verb nursing and the noun nurse, uh, which yes, people get really course. hung yes, up yes, on. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, recently they were having this discussion that, oh, well, our job, our formal job title is credentialed veterinary technician, but our veg job title is veterinary nurse. And I'm like, are, is this really the the loophole you guys are trying to use? Cause that's, that's not a loophole at all. No. Um, <laughs> oh, and, and, and I mean, there's certain states like California where you're required to put your title on your badge now, uh, and even your license number and none of our license say veterinary nurse. So, you know, th- we have these interesting theories as, as each of our, um, opposition points keep coming up. We have this evolution of new theories as to why things like this are okay. And it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Well, S- Stephen, and, and, and to be clear, this is in an effort to
0: distinguish, differentiate, and gain a competitive advantage, right? I mean, don't don't hide behind this, viewfinders. I mean, this is literally a an intentional strategy to say, look, we're different, and that's one of the ways to use different nomenclature titles and so forth. Although, Stephen, as you've mentioned multiple times, that doesn't mean it's legal or right, and it certainly doesn't preserve the public's trust. Right.
1: I also kind of argue there is a sense of... It argues maybe a little much because I don't need to argue with this group about it, but I think there's a sort of a sense of our job is a position, not a profession. And so they think that they can hire to the role of veterinary technician, that they're teachable skills in clinic, and that that there is the option because there is so little regulation, because there are not enough credential technicians to fill the role, and because historically, what has been done is that, that we, we just almost run into this thing where they, they're, they're like, they don't even see us as a position. They see us, you know, or they don't see us as a professional they see us as a position. And, and, and I think a lot of that is, is sort of what has to change is, is that education. And, and I would argue a lot of veterinarians don't even know what we graduate knowing. And I would argue assistants also don't know the differentiation between what they have not learned and what we know.
0: Okay, Liz, you've mentioned, and Stephen has mentioned, and we've discussed this over the last six and a half years on the podcast. Why are veterinarians reticent to actually embrace these titles, right? And, and again, for a second there, let's just pause on what we're going to call it. But, but again, you've mentioned a couple of times, both of you. Wh- what do you think the fear is? Are we going to give away the profession? I mean, we had that <laughs> famous quote at AVMA yeah. where if we let the camel in the tent, yeah. they're going to take us, kick us out. I mean, so, so give me, a, give me your opinion on why? Do, why are vets upset about this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I can give you my opinion. I don't, I'm not in the mind of veterinarians. Um, but my opinion is. Like I said before, um, I think that many of them uh, are afraid it's going to impact their bottom line, and it's going to impact their bottom line negatively, is what I mean. Even though we have data over the years that show that hiring of credentialed veterinary veterinary technicians only raises, it only increases profit to the practice because it allows everyone to be more effective and more productive, uh, you're going to make more money the more Credentialed veterinary technicians you have on your team, even than veterinarians, and certainly more than veterinary assistants. So, I think that that's one thing that they're afraid of. I think that they're afraid that there is, in some world, some universe, there's going to be a requirement to have credentialed veterinary technicians on their staff and that they can't find one. And so, they're afraid they're going to be in some violation that way. But I think Becky hit the nail on the head. They don't see us. As a profession, because right. they don't understand our education, right. the skills that we're expected to master, what we know. They don't ex- They don't understand that for a basic credentialed veterinary technicians. They certainly don't understand it for a veterinary technician specialist. They have no idea, no clue what it is that we do, what we know, what we're capable of. And I think that part leads them then to have this belief that, uh, we're just a position that they can make anyone a tech, probably because they worked as a quote unquote tech before they went to vet school and they were trained on the job. And, you know, we hear this from vets all the time. I just saw a post from ER Vet Tech on Instagram who had someone in her comment section saying we don't need credentialed veterinary technicians. We don't need you to do our job. We can do it ourselves or just train people to do it like we've done forever. And that is so dismissive. Wow. It's so disheartening. It's so, it makes me so angry, um, but also sad because that person has no idea what a credentialed veterinary technician knows or can do. And I blame, I mean, I don't want to get too far off topic and this is maybe a whole other podcast, but, uh, it's, it comes down to the way we train veterinarians to be honest and fair.
0: Yeah. And, and Stephen, I want to get your thoughts because I, I love exactly what Liz is saying, but there's there's also this other component. I think, Stephen, you know, I always say to to my veterinary colleagues, hey guys, you never hear this complaint from human physicians. They never go, oh my gosh, I want to just train up people to be my nurse, you know, and hey, I'm in surgery now. You know what? Hey, you graduated from high school. You want to come in here? I'll show you how to scrub in, right? I mean, Stephen, we don't hear it on the human context and yet we always say we're just like doctors, but how do, how do you reconcile this sort of complete contradiction
3: i, I oh man um, <laughs> it, it, it goes back to the education as as becky and liz have both mentioned um, you know the the other thing that i see when we're tackling title um misappropriation specifically And not even concerning the the nurse part necessarily is this argument that I see all the time from veterinarians saying, oh, well, this assistant can do all the things as my technician, so I'm just going to call them technician. Or, you know, when it comes to nurse specifically, they read an article in some journal, whatever, or they hear a lecture talking about the the, uh, nurse title change. And they want to be supportive of these things, and so they start adopting these titles that maybe aren't necessarily legal yet uh, to be supportive. And it's, it's well-intentioned, but it's also highly misinformed and, and, and uh, dangerous uh, to an extent.
1: So I guess kind of to that point, I think another area that we get hung up a little bit is the emotional side of this. And I I just kind of want to make sure we don't walk away from this conversation without having this side of it because I think there is every, every one of uh, every single credentialed technician out there. I would say, has had an assistant to teach them how to do something. There is an uncredentialed individual in their life that they would trust every one of their pet's lives with, even probably personally their own life. And there are a lot of these individuals who, I think, f- probably feel a little sh- jaded in the sense that it's like, hey, I'm required to do your job. Nobody comes to me and says, I can't do this. They actually ask me and say, I have to do this. It's part of my job. And they, they don't see the didactic education side of things as eliminating them from this title. And I think that feelings get hurt, right? I've seen yeah, right. state institutions ask credential technicians not to use their title so much because it hurts other people's feelings. Um, you know, we've got notes kind of going here on the show internally that you guys listening can't see, but Liz kind of mentioned the same thing. So it, I'm not making excuses because you guys know where I stand on this, but I think we need to speak to that emotional factor. And in, in what do you say to the folks who who feel badly um, because, in addition to not having clear title protection, we also don't have clear delineation of our skills? That's so, right. what's what's your kind of elevator pitch on that for, for people listening who are having that emotional response?
2: Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm trying to remove should from my vocabulary and I don't want to should all over anyone. (laughs) Um, but there is no shame in being a veterinary assistant. I don't understand where the shame comes from. When I talk about respecting the title of credentialed veterinary technician, reserving the title for those who actually have the credential, I'm talking about it from a legal standpoint. It has no bearing. On your standing in your particular facility or what you are, what you have already learned and the skills that you have mastered. And if your state doesn't have a delineation in their state practice act about who can do what task, it has no bearing on the tasks that you can do either. So I don't really, (laughs) I have to (laughs) admit, I don't really understand where all the emotion comes from. I try to understand, I, I empathize, but I don't understand it. it's it's a place of of shame. Um, it's a place of feeling less than, which which has no bearing on the discussion in my opinion. I have learned from amazing veterinary technicians. Uh, excuse me, veterinary assistants. I have learned from incredible veterinary assistants. I have helped many absolutely outstanding veterinary assistants, become credentialed. I respect, admire, adore veterinary assistants. and know I could never do my job without them. This is not about their value to the practice. It's not about their value to the profession. This is about legal title usage and making sure that we reserve the use of a title that, is, that correlates with someone's licensure.
3: Yes, amen. You know what's interesting about that is I was talking to um, a seasoned uh, RVT uh, who has been in the field for forty years, um, and what they were telling me was forty years ago this wasn't an issue. Like all the people in the clinic were credentialed, um, which is weird because that's just that's just not what I was brought up in. Um, but it is it is interesting, and I think as far as the the emotional component and feeling less than. Veterinary medicine, we're stuck on like two positions within this field that you want to be. That's either a credentialed veterinary technician or a DVM. Um, and I mean, you can throw in specialists there as well. But, you know, the two main uh, titles that we're familiar with are veterinary technicians and the DVM. And so I, I don't think veterinary assistants or the, the profession of veterinary assistant assisting has really found its footing. And I don't think it's really yeah. been even accepted by these larger um, uh, organizations. You know, like you don't really see AVMA talking about veterinary assistants. You see them talking about credentialed veterinary technicians. Uh, Only recently has NAFTA start really embracing veterinary assistants uh, with their credentialing or with the the certification of the the CVA programs. So I, I, I don't think the veterinary assistants have really found their footing. And if we look at, again, the human side, there's so many different levels that we respect equally and and don't really question. So I I think that's part of the problem as far as people not necessarily wanting to be called a veterinary assistant. And hey, I worked as a veterinary assistant for years before coming credentialed um, and and also kind of pushed back because, you know, it's me as to why I can't be called a tech. And it wasn't until I became a technician, a credential technician, did I really understand, oh, this was all the stuff that I didn't understand um, and and now need to understand, especially because we're, high, we're held to a higher degree in the law, especially in places like California, where RBTs can only induce anesthesia, where we can extract teeth, that kind of thing. Those are things that we should and would would want to protect as a professional with a a licensure. Absolutely.
1: Well, I, I think it kind of echoes the point we see the anything but a DVM in the clinic. I think in a lot of cases is just being considered a position, and you know, I one of my biggest frustrations out there is when I see a position posted for vet tech slash assistant. There's no delineation in that title. There's no delineation in the skills that go behind it. And I think, um, to the point of your article, it's really essential that the leading organizations, the people that are out there, that people are watching to see what the tone is going to be around some of these issues really need to step up and do the right thing. They need to be careful with their words. Words matter. They need to be careful with their title usage because it really does matter. And it it matters to the people who, um, you know, who have earned it. And, and I think it also matters to the people who have not, like Liz said, in that they feel, healthy and happy and secure in the role that they carry in the clinic. Um, and I know that, you know, my time with, with NAFTA, I've already looked at, you know, how can we help refocus? Um, and in places where the title is maybe not being used appropriately, can we sort of rein that back in even when it came from a good place? Um, because I think even with good intentions, using the wrong title, whether it's nurse or technician or assistant, um, it, it has malice and we need to take that really seriously.
0: Okay, Stephen, in the last few minutes that we've got with you two today, give us your bullet point of action items, change events that you think we need to see quickly, or at least in the foreseeable future, to help correct this issue.
3: All right. Well, thanks for putting me on the spot. Uh, I'll try to think quickly. (laughs) Um, I I think the the thing that we really need to focus on, especially as it comes from the veterinarians, because that's where a lot of this is, is going to start and can be enforced, is veterinarians want only licensed veterinarians to call themselves licensed veterinarians within their state. And I I think if they look at our title as credentialed veterinary technicians, whether that's RVT, LVT, CVT, LVT, uh, we need that same respect.
2: Yeah, I think the very first thing we need to do is really dig into and fix the model scope of practice that's put out by the AAVSB. It does not do a good job of creating (laughs) a restricted task list for credentialed technicians. It doesn't do a good job of defining credentialed veterinary technicians and veterinary assistants. We need to fix it to include VTS technicians, much like uh, I think we can look at the bill in Arkansas that was just signed by the governor there um, in regards to um, what VTSs can do in certain parts of the Veterinary Practice Act. We have to make sure that every state's Veterinary Practice Act has a delineation of tasks. There have to be skills and tasks that are restricted to credentialed task members only, and we have to uh, encourage We have to encourage states to state veterinary medical boards to create enforcement mechanisms for violations of title protection. And they can do that through rulemaking. It's not a legislative process. They can make rules within their own board. This is what Tennessee did. And then they need to actually go out and enforce it. And I have to say, I have volunteered for California to go out and look at websites and look at people's practices and give them a list of people who are not using, that are not respecting and and um, following the Title Protection Law, uh, and they have turned me down. <laughs>
1: uh, so,
2: but I think that they need to really these veterinary medical boards really need to show that appetite. For protection and enforcement and following their own laws and regulations. And I think those are the things where veterinary technicians in the state can have an impact because we can attend veterinary medical board meetings and we can insist that they pay attention to our concerns and that they follow the law in our state.
0: And speaking of veterinary technicians getting in front of all the appropriate folks, there happens to be a representative from maybe the largest organization for veterinary technicians. Becky, what do you want to see happen over the next few years with regard to veterinary technician title protection?
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> you say the next couple of years, uh, that's lofty. But I think at, th- at the end of the day, in the no- next couple of years, what I ask is that the leading organizations and the invested individuals, corporates, um, the practices that, again, the, the people that people are looking at for the lead here need to basically fall in line with legal title usage. That's that's at the end of the day that I think will make the biggest change, um, because I think a lot of folks out there are taking their lead from these guys.
3: Um, there's a lot of confusion, especially people that are graduating from like Harcum or Purdue saying, Oh, I graduated with a, with a vet tech nurse degree when really their degree says, uh, veterinary nursing. Um, so their degree again, does not necessarily make a
2: title. Yeah, I think that is a really good point because a lot of you hear a lot of those graduates say, well, I'm a veterinary nurse. I I graduated from a program that calls us veterinary nurses. I'm like, yeah, but look at your license and look at your diploma. And neither of those say nurse. They say your license says technician and your diploma says nursing the verb, which is a totally different
0: Again, I fear this is clever marketing to (laughs) differentiate a program. So, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. And again, you know, viewfinders, we are here to try to help forward this conversation. I mean, we don't have all the solutions. I don't think anybody does. But what we do want to encourage you to do is get involved because this is an issue that is fundamental to the success and future of our profession, in my opinion, and that is coming from a veterinarian. Again, I see only value in elevating support staff, particularly protecting titles such as veterinary technician. I also believe in expanding the scope of responsibilities for people such as VTSs and even beyond. I mean, you know, Stephen and Liz, I, I can't thank you guys enough for continuing to catalyze this conversation. But more importantly, you guys are out there taking the hits. I mean, this is not always pleasant work. And I want to applaud you guys. And and again, you know, thank you on behalf of the entire veterinary profession, because I believe you're only trying to make it better. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. It's nice to hear. (laughs) Because it certainly does feel like, uh, like we are the people in the arena very often.
3: (laughs) I bet. I bet. Yeah, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Well, Stephen, any last words that you
0: want to get in before we uh, leave you guys today? Any last bits of thoughts or advice or maybe inspiration for people listening?
3: Yeah, I guess I would just leave it uh, with when you know better, do better. Uh, on 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 everything on everything.
2: Oh my gosh! One of my favorite quotes in in life, Stephen. You stole my thunder. <laughs> I I want to say that you know while I talked while I kind of um, dissed on veterinarians today, um, I know that there are many veterinarians just like you, Dr. Ward, who really right. support us and support this our cause and really want. They see us as a profession and they want us to succeed. And I want to say thank you to all of you and, and please um, continue to support us. And we love you and we want to work with you and thank you.
0: Right. And and if you're a veterinarian listening today and you're offended in any way, I really encourage you to self-reflect and ask why, because honestly, it's only here to help us. You know, Liz and and Steven is just like, you know, I have lots and lots of issues with AVMA, but yet at the same time, I support it wholeheartedly because why? I love my profession. I love organized medicine and I only want to see it better. And guess what? Sometimes we're going to disagree and you know what? We need to be able to have civil disagreement in our society. Guys, what do you think about today's conversation? What do you think about veterinary technician title protection, because you know who would like to act on that? That happens to be my co-host and dear friend, Becky Mosser, RVT. Becky, how can they tell you what they'd like to see you do at NAFTA?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Again, reach out to Vet Tech Cafe Podcast, and um, they give them, give forward them that on right. over to me. No, you guys know where to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder, and you can send us an email at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com.
0: Guys, thanks again to Stephen Sattal and Liz Houston, two extraordinary veterinary technicians and VTSs for spending time today and trying to make the world a little better place, guys. Thank you so much. We will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you.
2: Thanks. Bye-bye.